الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما صدق الله العظيم Most respected brothers and elders, brothers and sisters When a person goes on some journey and if he was asked where are you going he is at the airport, he is at a station and somebody meets him and asks him where are you heading for? So he says, well I don't know, I'm just going somewhere but I don't know where I'm going. So either people are going to regard this person as probably insane or he is very very ill that it has affected his mind in some way he cannot think correctly so the person is at an airport is about to take a flight is headed somewhere but when asked where are you going he has no idea where he is going so this is a very foolish person and it's obvious that where he will finish off might be something very disastrous because he doesn't know where he is going so any person headed on a journey he must know where he is heading for. What is his destination? There must be an objective. Otherwise, this is a very, very foolish person. Nobody will regard him as a sane person, as an intelligent person. So we are all in dunya also on a journey. Nobody was here before. We all came into dunya. Somebody is here for now. 20 years, somebody 50 years, somebody 70 years, somebody much younger, somebody a little older. So everybody has come and nobody is going to remain here forever. We are all headed for some destination. Now if a person is here in dunya and he doesn't know his true destination, like somebody is sitting in a plane, in a train, and he is thinking that he is boarded for a certain destination, but it turns out that he is actually headed in a different place. A person is boarding the plane that is going to Johannesburg, but he wants to reach some other destination. He wants to go to some other place in a different direction. So how is he going to reach there when he's boarded the plane to Johannesburg? And how is he going to reach uh, Cape Town for that matter? He will reach the destination where that plane is headed, headed for. So obviously the person who wants to reach Johannesburg, he can't be boarding the plane that is going to Cape Town. And if he wants to go to Cape Town, he can't board the plane for Johannesburg. He has to board the right plane. So a person who is in dunya, but he doesn't know what is his destination, or he thinks his destination is something, but in reality is headed, but in reality is headed, but in reality is headed somewhere else. 
then this is the height of foolishness. Now, if we ask ourselves in dunya that we are here, what is our destination? Well, any person who has some understanding, we all will say our destination is definitely akhirat. And we are all hoping, inshallah, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, that we will reach Jannat. And in Jannat, the greatest ni'mat in Jannat is that we will be blessed with the vision of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. There is no ni'mat and no bounty greater than that in Jannat, that a person will see Allah Ta'ala, which is beyond our imagination here in dunya. So we want to get to Jannat, we want to reach Jannat, we want to reach this great ni'mat and bounty of Jannat. But if we board some other flight, Allah forbid we board a flight that is going in the opposite direction, then how are we going to reach the destination? Now the person wants to go to a certain point, he wants to reach Makkah Mukarramah, but he is sitting in the plane that is going to New York, going to Paris, going somewhere else. How is he going to reach Makkah Mukarramah? How is he going to reach Medina Munawara? He will never reach there. So we want to go to Jannat, but if we have boarded a flight that is headed towards Allah forbid Jahannam, how are we going to reach Jannat? So this is the very fundamental thing, the most important aspect is that we need to know where we are heading. Somebody says he doesn't even know where he is going, that is even way beyond. But then somebody knows his destination, he wants to reach a certain point, but then he's boarding the wrong flight, he's sitting in the wrong bus, he's jumping on the wrong train, how is he going to reach his destination? So we want to reach Jannat, we have to check whether this is the flight that we have taken. Are we currently on the right flight? So if you want to reach Jannat, Jannat is that place where Allah Ta'ala manifests his grace and mercy of the very highest degree upon his chosen servants. And in order to get to that destination safely, since this is the abode that Allah Ta'ala blesses his special servants, then we have to become his true servants in dunya first. That's the flight we have to board. If we board the flight of being servants of shaitan, Allah forbid, servants and slaves of the West, of the ways of the West, of the fashions of the West, of the lifestyle of the West, then how are we going to reach Medina Munawara? We are boarding the flight of New York and when we reach Medina Munawara, Allah forbid, somebody is running towards the friends of Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab, and he wants to reach Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa how is it going to happen? He will have to go in the direction of those who are attached to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Those who are following his Mubarak way. Those who are filled with his love. And when he will attach himself to such people, then he will also inshallah come under the umbrella of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa on the day of Qiyamah. And he will benefit from the shafaat and intercession of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And he will gain, inshallah, the water of kawthar from the Mubarak hand of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And he will, inshallah, finally enter the abode of Jannat. So this person who wants to get to Jannat, 
Jannat is a place where the special servants of Allah Ta'ala will be. So in order to get there, he will have to board the flight, which is the flight of the special servants of Allah Ta'ala. If he boards that flight here in dunya, then inshallah he'll reach this desired destination of akhirat, destination of Jannat. Now this is what we have to constantly keep checking in ourselves, which flight we have boarded, which direction is this flight headed in. And this is very easy for us if we just have a little bit of understanding, just open our eyes a little bit, just think a little correctly, remove the blinkers, remove the dust that has settled on the surface of our hearts, just think a little bit clearly in the light of the Quran and Sunnah and we'll be able to easily see where we are, which flight we are boarding, which direction we are headed in. We just look around us a little bit, just look at ourselves a little, just look at our functions, our weddings a little, just look at how we conduct our businesses sometimes, look at how we have our social functions, look at how we dress, Look at how we dress our children. Look at what our aspirations are. Look at what we desire for. And we just, little bit of this introspection, little bit of this self-examination. And we will not need any expert to come and then tell us where we are headed to. We will see it for ourselves also. This is such a straightforward thing, such a simple thing. But, if supposing the eyes have become completely blind, supposing the ears have become completely deaf, suppose the heart has become completely sealed, then obviously the person will not see what is obvious also. The person will not be able to see the bright sun in the middle of the day. If the eyes have become totally blinded, then whether it is day or night, what can the blind person see? He has no idea. Whether it is somebody screaming at the top of his voice or whether somebody is whispering, but the person is already deaf. What he can make out? What is the degree of the sound? And whether it is 1 plus 1 is equal to 2, but if a person, his thinking is completely sealed, how is he going to be able to add? He can't even work out what is 1 plus 1. So then it's a very, very dangerous situation then it means that we have gone, Allah forbid, so deep into the deviation. Allah Ta'ala says that this rust has settled, it has sealed their thinking, their hearts have become completely engulfed in this rust. And now, this rust has now sealed up the, sealed up the whole thinking correctly. That is obviously a very, very severe situation. Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala save us. So we are insan, we are weak, we are living in a society that has all kinds of distractions, temptations. We are communicating with people all the time and everybody has a different view on things and we are listening to all this, we are reading things, we are seeing what others are doing, we are seeing what others are wearing, we are seeing what others are, how they are conducting their lives, how they are conducting their gatherings and functions and social uh, interaction and all this is impacting on our hearts this too is making us also want to do similar things because we are not keeping ourselves 
very tightly attached to Rasulullah sallallahu We are looking out there with a lot of uh, eagerness. So we also get caught up in the trap. But if we just take a little while to think, to introspect, to look deep down in our hearts, we will see where we are, we will be able to recognize what is the reality. And with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, inshallah, we will take some steps in the right direction. We start retracing our steps back to our roots. Our roots are from Medina Munawwara, from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Our roots are not in New York. Our roots are not in Paris. Our roots are not in London. Our roots are not in the Western fashion. Our roots are not in the ways of the enemies of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Our roots are in the Mubarak life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In the way of the Sahaba Ikram, in the way of the Sahabiyat, in the way of the pious personalities who then carried forward this legacy of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba Ikram radiallahu majma'in. So if you want to get to that destination safely, we too want to be the special servants of Allah Ta'ala. We too want to be counted as the true and loyal and obedient slaves of Allah Ta'ala. Then there is a certain pattern of life that we will have to adopt here in dunya. Then on the day of Qiyamah we will be raised inshallah with the special servants of Allah Ta'ala. With the Anbiya alayhi salatu salam, with the Siddiqeen, with the Shuhada, with the Salihin. So we have to do something in dunya. And in dunya what we have to do, we have to become Ibadur Rahman. We have to become the true slaves of Allah Ta'ala, of Rahman. Now in the Quran Sharif, in Surah Furqan, Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala describes the characteristics, describes the special qualities of the Ibadur Rahman. Ibad, Ibad is the plural of Abd. Abd, we all are most familiar with the word Abd. Abd means a slave. So Ibad, Ibad, Ibad is the plural of Abd, the slaves of Rahman. So Allah Ta'ala is describing the slaves of Rahman. Now there are 13, 13 characteristics that are mentioned in this particular ruku. 13 special aspects about the Ibadur Rahman. It's a very comprehensive discussion and everything that is in the Quran Sharif is in some way encompassed in these ayat. It includes the discussion of aqaid and beliefs. It includes amal, the amal pertaining to bodily amal. It also has guidance for a person's financial side of things, his material possessions and how he deals with them. There's the guidance regarding mu'asharat and social life. There's the aspects of akhlaq that are included here. And the ibadat of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala is also included. So basically the whole of deen is in here. But it is highlighted in, the, in some specific aspects. So these specific aspects are highlighted, but in the cause of this discussion, everything comes in. But this is a very clear uh, self-check. These ayat can serve as a mirror for us to look very closely at ourselves. Because there are some very specific aspects. So we can judge for ourselves where we are.
how close we are to our destination, to what destination we want to reach, or are we very far away from there? So this is a very, very comprehensive discussion, and it gives us an opportunity to look deeply within ourselves, and to see where we, fa- where we stand, how we fare in the light of these ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. So while we are heading towards the Mubarak month of Ramadan, which is barely days away from us now, and the month of Ramadan is not just some ritual that we will perform and get past it, as it is we are in a very different type of time, unprecedented in our lifetimes and our memories of our parents and grandparents also, never such a situation perhaps occurred in our living memory, and the living memory of people who are around and those who have passed away recently also, that when the masajid are already restricted, Haramain Sharifain are deserted, so many things are very different, the madaris, makatib, all this has come to a stop, the work of Dawit and Tabliq has to ground to a halt, almost, this is a very, very different situation I and mean, all the aspects of deen have become so restricted. This is a time to become very, very concerned. It's not just to be seen as well, something has happened, some virus has now spread throughout the world and well, just by, now as a consequence of that, these things have happened. No, we have to look at it in a very serious light. Allah forbid, this is the consequence of our a'mal, our sins, that we have become deprived. We have become deprived of the house of Allah Ta'ala. We have become deprived of the Haramain Sharifain. So, together with that now, this month, Mubarak month is on our doorstep, and it's going to be a very different situation. Very different situation, that normal atmosphere of Ramadan, the Masjid, Tarawih, Salah, etc. It's all going to be very different. Not that anything has to be left out in terms of the ibadat of Ramadan. Everything must carry on. But it still will be very different. And because it's going to be very different in terms of the normal uh, manner that things carry on in Ramadan, that atmosphere of Ramadan, the movement to the masjid with the house of Allah Ta'ala, alhamdulillah, in the month of Ramadan gets full. People's hearts are naturally inclined to amal. It must not happen because of this different situation. We become even more lax, which is indeed a very, very great disaster. This should be actually spurring us to become more conscious of Allah Ta'ala. And instead of becoming more conscious and more engaged in amal, more engaged in ibadat, more engaged in istighfar and toba, becoming very concerned, shedding tears of remorse and regret in front of Allah Ta'ala, and very humbly beseeching Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, and tremendously increasing the istighfar, instead of going in this direction, if we go the opposite direction, we become more lax, we start becoming more lax even in Ramadan. Now, the masjid is restricted, we have to do everything at home, so now we sometimes making our salah with jama'ah, and sometimes though people are available there to make it with jama'ah, we are not making it with jama'ah, because there is no proper tartib and no care to make sure that every salah is performed with jama'ah, and Together with that, the because now we are at home and it's a very, very lax atmosphere, 
So the ibadat also has become lax. That would be a worse tragedy than the virus. That is a very, very far greater tragedy than the virus. Really, we need to uh, understand things in their proper perspective. If there is a tragedy, it's a tragedy. If there is some difficulty, it's a difficulty. And we should be asking Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy and asking His safety from all difficulties, all trials, all tribulations, all tests. We are very weak. We should be begging for afiyat. Never ask for any kind of any kind of test and trial. So that is obvious that if there is a difficulty, there is a tragedy, there is some sickness, there is a virus. So that's a reality. And we ask Allah Ta'ala's protection for ourselves, for the whole ummah. And we ask for the whole of humanity to be saved from this difficulty and hardship. But at the same time, as mu'mineen, as believers, we have to look at it from a very different angle, from the angle of iman. On the one side, while we ask for afiyat, at the same time, our yaqeen and our faith, our iman, is that if something is decreed to happen, is going to happen. You can never escape it. If that illness was meant to come, it is going to come. There is no escape from it. But how you deal with it and how you respond to it can either make you or break you. And not just one thing, anything for that matter. How, how a person responds to it will either make him or break him. In one hadith sharif it comes that once Rasulullah was on a journey and they camped overnight and then after the Fajr Salah, Rasulullah he turned to the Sahaba Ikram and he asked them that uh, and now it had rained at night. That night it had rained. So after the Fajr Salah, Rasulullah turned to the Sahaba Ikram and asked them that do you know what your Rabb has said? What has your Rabb said, do you know? Now obviously this was not in the knowledge of anybody else because they wouldn't receive wahi. Rasulullah was a recipient of wahi but this was to create that eagerness and to make them all ears because when they would hear something that Allah Ta'ala has said, what has Allah Ta'ala said? The Sahaba Ikram were unlike us. They were filled with that zeal to hear what Allah Ta'ala has said. So this was the way that Rasulullah created that enthusiasm in them by first asking that, do you know what your Rabb has said? So they said, no, Allah and His Rasul know best. So Nabi then said, that Allah Ta'ala says that, أَصْبَحَ مِنْ عِبَادِي مُؤْمِنٌ وَكَافِرُونَ That among my servants, some are grateful to me and some are ungrateful. Now, it has rained last night. There are those who said, مُطِرْنَا بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ There are those who said that Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, by the grace and mercy of Allah Ta'ala, we have been granted rain. And then there are some who said, مُطِرْنَا بِنَوْ إِكَذَا Now, this was something in Jahiliyyat. So, some people in Jahiliyyat used to believe that a certain star in the heavens, when that star reaches a certain point in the galaxy, then that becomes the time that rain comes. So only if that happens, when that star reaches that point, then the rain will come. When it coincides, certain thing coincides, then that rain will come. And if that doesn't happen, the rain won't come. And they used to regard this as the actual reason for the rain. This in itself is the reason why the rain used to come. 
So now basically they forgot Allah Ta'ala and they're attributing everything to that star. So this is, one is to regard it as a reality that this is it, that is shirk in reality, shirk completely. That, na'uzu billah, this is not Allah Ta'ala's doing, this is that star itself. And the other is that if a person doesn't believe that it is that star itself, but he is still attributing it to the star in words, especially in a place where people are involved in the shirk and believing these kind of things, that this happens with that star reaching a certain point, then even this kind of expression is disliked. No, in this kind of situation, even though you don't believe that this is happening purely by the star, perhaps that is just a, a apparent means, then too that is disliked. So therefore Nabi Wasallam is saying, no, those who said, مُطِرْنَا بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ We have been given rain by the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala and by His mercy, they are grateful to Allah Ta'ala. They have their correct iman. Their iman is in order. And as for those who are using a different expression, then they have to recheck. They have to correct themselves. They have to come back onto the proper expression and turn their entire attention to Allah Ta'ala. So, we have to bring this in mind and bring this to our hearts that everything happens only with the will of Allah Ta'ala. And when Allah Ta'ala wills, it will happen. If Allah Ta'ala does not will, it will never happen. The whole world can try to do something, it will never happen if Allah Ta'ala does not will it. So, coming to the point that we were making, that whatever is decreed will happen. Now, either it will make you, either how we respond will make us or break us. Like this, somebody said, Mutirna bifadrillahi wa rahmati, that we were given this rain with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala and with his rahmat, it made them. They got closer to Allah Ta'ala. And those who started attributing it to some star and so on, it broke them. That response broke them. It took them far away from Allah Ta'ala. So we have to have the right responses. The right responses that these are occurrences that happen by the will of Allah Ta'ala alone. So therefore, our expressions must be right. Our expressions must be correct. Then, with the correct iman, and the correct expressions, within the reasonable limits, whatever precautions we have to take, we'll take. But our iman must be right, our words must be right also. Our statements and expressions must be right also. Those statements and expressions must not be this kind of statements and expressions that people who don't have iman, it is uh, resembling their expressions and their statements. No, we must have, our, especially in a kind of environment, where everything is going in that opposite direction, then it's all the more necessary that even our expressions be very, very carefully guarded and very carefully worded. Otherwise it starts resembling something else. So in any case, again coming to the main point that we were discussing and where we digressed, that one is some difficulty, some hardship. So it is a hardship, it's a difficulty. And we should ask Allah Ta'ala for afiyat. But what is the most that can happen in that situation? What is the most that can happen? In fact, the word worst is not a good word here. In this situation, is not a good word to use the word worst. Because not necessarily worst. It's only worst for the person without iman. So the most that can happen, the most that can happen is that it will lead to a person's death. 
a person got very ill, a person ended up in a in an accident, Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. A person ended up in some other hmm, situation. So what is the most that can happen as a result of that, in terms of dunya? In terms of dunya, the most that it can happen and re- result in is that it will lead to a person's passing away. But if that person, person passed away, to start off with, that person didn't pass away one second before their appointed time. Their appointed time was that time. There was no escape from that appointed time, number one. And number two, if whatever the occurrence was, it was an illness like a plague, it was an accident, there are various forms of accidents that are mentioned in the hadith. The person, for example, a wall falls on him, that's an accident. He was walking somewhere, a wall fell, some people, Allah Ta'ala, protect us. These kind of things happen. So an accident of some sort, a motor vehicle accident, a, a wall fall, fell on somebody, some other kind of accident. So these are described as a form of shahadat. So number one, the person went, they didn't go one second before their appointed time. But together with that, if it happened in this manner, they got, that the person was going, the person was told, you take this bonus and go. Your time has come, but Allah Ta'ala wants you to go with this bonus. So they went with that bonus. So while it is natural that those who are behind will grieve, it's human nature, that is human nature, and that is the rahmat and that mercy Allah Ta'ala has put in the hearts of people, that's a compassion Allah Ta'ala has put in the hearts. But the person who went with the bonus, they are smiling all the way. The person who went with the bonus, they are not grieving. They are smiling all the way. They are happy. They are more than happy. They are elated. So in any case, while while a tragedy, a difficulty, a hardship, some calamity, some pain, some suffering, that is a reality. And we keep asking Allah Ta'ala for afiyat from all these things. We are not of that caliber that we should ask for trials. We are not that. We have been taught in the ahadith to ask for afiyat. We will ask for afiyat. Afiyat means safety, being protected, having ease. This is what we will ask for. We won't ask for trials and tribulations. We won't ask for tests. But in any case, if that trial came, so what is the most that can happen? It will lead to a person passing away. And if the person passed away with shahadat, what more can he want? So that itself is not really a tragedy. In worldly terms, it was a tragedy. But when the person left with a bonus, from that perspective is no tragedy. From that perspective, it was a very great thing. But in that halat of a test and a trial, a person became more lax in deen. person started actually neglecting salah. One is should be making more nawafil also. Together with the faraiz, should be making more nawafil as well. But now this went in the opposite direction. The person started neglecting salah. The person is not even making any tilawat. Not making any zikr, dua, tasbihat, or some little bit here and there. And Allah forbid, sins have increased. I got more time now. So now what to do? Bored. So now sitting and watching some movies. And getting involved in looking at some other haram. And what not, this is a worse tragedy, far worse tragedy than the virus. 
then the plague, then a person being afflicted with a dozen things at one time of this nature. Because that is difficult obviously, but at the most it will lead to a person leaving this dunya, but if he leaves this dunya he will go with shahadat. And if his life is still, there is still life left, then he will still get rewarded, it will become a means of the forgiveness of his sins, it will become a means of the raising of his position in the akhirat. So there is no loss, but we still ask for afiyat. We still ask Allah Ta'ala's protection and safety. Because we are not of that caliber to ask for these things. But if this happens, that the person becomes more slack in deen, the person gets caught up in more sins, the person becomes more distant from Allah Ta'ala, this is a far greater calamity, far greater hardship, far greater disaster than all the other, what we call disasters and what we call calamities in terms of illnesses, financial difficulties, whatever other situations of this nature, we ask for afiyat from all that. But this is of a greater need that we ask for afiyat from this and safety from this. That we don't fall backwards. So we are in that situation where we are nearing the Mubarak month of Ramadan and this is the run-up to the Mubarak month. And Rasulullah has taught us to be very eager about approaching the Mubarak month of Ramadan and applying ourselves in a dedicated manner, building up Allahumma barik lana fi rajabi wa sha'ban wa baldighna Ramadan This was the dua Nabi Shalasam made at the sighting of the moon of Rajab which was to show the enthusiasm for the month of Ramadan and asking for that barakat Barakat is primarily in that a'mal, getting closer to Allah Ta'ala So this is barakat that a person starts getting more engaged in amal and becomes more engrossed in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. So, it must not take us backwards. We must not retrogress. We must not go in a slide. We must go forward. We must now start introspecting. So, in any case, the discussion that we were having is that our destination is Jannat. That is where we want to reach. And Jannat is the place of the special servants of Allah Ta'ala. To reach that abode, to reach that destination, we'll have to board the flight of the special servants of Allah Ta'ala. And which is this flight? So in Surah Al-Furqan, Allah Ta'ala has described the Ibadul Rahman, the slaves of Rahman. And 13 characteristics, 13 of their special qualities, have been mentioned in these ayat, and as explained earlier, it covers all the parts of deen. It covers aqaid, it covers the ibadat, it covers monetary aspects, it covers mu'asharat, it covers akhlaq, mu'asharat is social life, and akhlaq and good character. So this is a complete mu'min, who has taken care of all the various dimensions of life and deen, and he has brought in order every department of deen, he is not just picking and choosing or being selective. He is doing everything that is required of him. And being insan, we can slip up somewhere, we can falter somewhere. But when we make a mistake, we will realize we made a mistake. As soon as the person has made a mistake, he immediately turns to Allah Ta'ala in sincere repentance, with sincere tawbah, shedding tears of remorse and regret, and begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. Then he also keeps remaining on that same direction and keeps remaining as part of that flight 
that's leading to the abode of Jannah. So this is what we have to now look into this discussion in the Quran Sharif, these ayat of the Quran Sharif, where Allah Ta'ala has described the Ibadur Rahman. This is a mirror for us. We have to look deeply and very closely into this mirror. The mirror, the mirror tells it as it is. The mirror doesn't speak any lies. The mirror doesn't compromise the truth. The mirror says it as it is. If there is a somebody very good looking standing in front of the mirror, then the mirror will say it as it is. And if it is not so, the mirror will say it as it is. The person is unkempt, the mirror won't disguise that. The mirror will show it you unkempt. If the person something is not in order, the mirror will show it accordingly. So the person, everybody, the mirror shows all the very, very people in fact use mirrors which magnify things because they want to see the very, very fine issues also, something that needs to be rectified, something that needs to be sorted out. They want to groom themselves so well. So that magnify that mirror that mirror that magnifies the whole reflection that is used also. Why? Because you don't want to have any minor deficiency, any, any minor issue out of place. People want to make sure they are really up to date and everything must be in order. So as Though a mirror doesn't compromise in how it says it, the mirror doesn't camouflage things, the mirror doesn't have any diplomacy that it adopts, that say it in a very diplomatic manner, that please look, there is some small dirt spot somewhere here and there. No, no, no. The mirror says it on the dot as it is. Despite the mirror being so uncompromising, every person makes sure they have a mirror in the house. And many, many mirrors. And bigger and bigger mirrors. And as mentioned, mirrors that magnify things. You want to see everything in such a magnified manner so that we don't miss out anything. And people spend long hours sometimes. If not long hours, then sometimes long, long time, many, many minutes, and sometimes our Allah knows in front of that mirror. And that mirror is showing all the deficiencies. So despite the fact that the mirror doesn't say things in a diplomatic manner, what we understand, our diplomacy, and the mirror doesn't hide the faults, it says it to us as it is, but we still feel very, very uh, in need of that mirror. We will not do without it. And we'll try to have bigger mirrors. And mirrors that are shining bright so that they give the full picture properly. Likewise, the Quran Sharif is a mirror for us. If we have a problem, we'll see it there, provided we're looking correctly. If we close our eyes and stand in front of a mirror, what are we going to see? You have to take the blindfold out. The blindfold of the West and the fashions of the West and the lifestyle of the West and then look at ourselves and our picture in the mirror of the Qur'an Sharif, in the mirror of the Ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And we'll see our reality. We'll either see whether we are fitting the, what is the requirement, or there's a problem. It's not fitting the requirement. So this is a reflection for us. So this is what we have to reflect on, that who are the Ibadur Rahman, the special servants of Allah wa ta'ala, what are their characteristics, and we have to mold our lives accordingly. Now when a person looks in front of the mirror and he sees some hair out of place, now he's patting it back into place, 
and people are doing this and that and the other in front of that mirror to make sure everything is up to date. So likewise, in the ayat of the Quran Sharif, when we reflect upon ourselves and we see that I'm not what is being described here, that how it should be. That the Quran Sharif is saying it should be like this, but I don't see the same. Or the Quran Sharif is saying it shouldn't be like this, but I see myself like that. I'm that, that hair sticking out. So now it's not just for the sake of looking in that mirror. People don't just look in the mirror to just see how everything is upside down in their own lives and go carry on with it. They immediately want to sort it out. This is the purpose of reflecting in the Quran Sharif that wherever we find a deficiency in ourselves, in the light of the Quran Sharif, then we correct that deficiency. We rectify ourselves. We improve ourselves. We try to now get closer to Allah Taala. In this way, we will then not just get onto the flight that is reaching Jannat, but with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, we'll start moving up the grades. We might get into business class. And if we carry on trying to improve ourselves, Allah Ta'ala knows Allah Ta'ala will take us into first class. And the first class of dunya and the travels of dunya, what can this compare when Allah Ta'ala gives somebody a first class entry into Jannat? Allah Ta'ala gives a person a first class moth. Allah Ta'ala gives somebody a first class place in the qabr, makes their qabr first class for them. And gives them a first class place on the day of Qiyamah under his arsh. And gives them a first class meeting with Rasulullah Sallallahu on the day of Qiyamah. And receiving the water of Kawthar in a first class manner from his Mubarak hand. What can compare to these things? What is this dunya? What is this dunya in comparison to any one of these ni'mads? It is not even dust. It is not even the dust of the dust. Yes, while we are in dunya, these are ni'mads that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. We will use them provided we have acquired them in a halal manner. And we are not wasting them. We are using them correctly. We are not using it in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. It's a ni'mad. We will make shukr for it. But never attach our hearts to it. Our hearts to be attached to Akhirat and to become the Ibadur Rahman, to become the true servants of Allah wa Ta'ala, then inshallah we'll board the flight that will take us to the abode of Jannat and where we will be inshallah in all the bounties and ni'mats of Jannat. So may Allah wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq inshallah in the days to come, Allah Ta'ala willing, if there's life and Allah Ta'ala grant tawfiq, inshallah we will continue with this discussion of these ayat. Billah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we reflect in the ayat of the Quran Sharif and keep making an effort to correct ourselves and become the true servants of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim Daiman abada Ala habibika khayri al-khalqi kullihimi 
جزاللہ نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما ہوا اہل
If he died, it is not decreed for them. Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth. Ya Allah, ilahul alamin. All those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments. Ya Allah, ilahul alamin. Those who are in any kind of financial difficulty, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat. Ya Allah, those who are in debt, Ya Allah, make the easy payments of their debts possible. Ya Allah, ilahul alamin. Make the means from the ghayb available to them. Ya Allah, ilahul alamin. Ya Allah, ya Allah, those with any kind of anxiety, grief, sorrow, worry. Ilahul alamin, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Fill the hearts with itminan and sukoon, ya Allah. Fill the hearts with itminan and sukoon, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, grant the best of dunya and akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, protect us, ya Allah. Allah, protect our iman, ya Allah. Protect our amal, ya Allah. Protect our life and honor, ya Allah. Protect our wealth, ya Allah. Protect our properties, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, protect the izzat and honor of every Muslim, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Allah, you guide us to your pleasure, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from our families throughout the Ummah, Ya Allah, you make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in Akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us also at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Take us on La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on Tawbat and Nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't take us to task for our deeds, Ya Allah. The only thing we have is misdeeds, Ya Allah. The only thing we can present is our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, how can we ever present anything, Ya Allah? Ya Allah, how will we ever be able to pass on that moment if we are taken to task, Ya Allah? Ya Allah, without taking us to task, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any accountability, Ya Allah. Without Hisab Kitab, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those with any kind of difficulty and hardship removed with Afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to each one in their deen, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat in their dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who ask us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant each one halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Grant abundant halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, rizq is from you alone, Ya Allah. You are a razzaq, Ya Allah. No one but you grant rizq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, risk is not in any business, Ya Allah. Risk is not in any job and profession, Ya Allah. Risk is nowhere but in your hands, Ya Allah. You grant it as you wish, Ya Allah. You grant it from which means you wish, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant abundant halal and tayyib risk to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in the risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from ever stretching our hands out to anything haram, Ya Allah. Save us from interest, Ya Allah. Save us from gambling, Ya Allah. Save us from any haram wealth, Ya Allah. Save us from usurping somebody's wealth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from taking anything wrongfully, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from looking towards anything haram, Ya Allah. Save us from even thinking about anything haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Let our attention be focused to you alone, Ya Allah. Let our attention be focused to you alone, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us to your pleasure at all times, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's guy's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Save each one from every hardship and calamity, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi al-ma'in wa alhamdulillah